Welcome back to the Original Gangsters Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jimmy Bucciolato, here with my co-conspirator, Scott Bernstein. Hey, now. And uh, before we get into it, I just want to mention our uh, social media again, at Gangster Podcast. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a presence on TikTok now. And I just want to thank everyone, those of you who follow us and appreciate your feedback and your support and you know your comments and questions i appreciate your patience we try to get back to your questions as as fast as we can so thanks for all the love and the support check us out at gangster podcast anyhow we we have a pretty exciting episode i think scott and i have both watched the many saints of newark so that's what this is going to be about we're just going to break it down man we're going to give our review so we're going to deep dive the new david (laughs) chase Right. Quote unquote masterpiece. Yeah. So if you, I, if you haven't seen a, it yet, I, just know I, we're getting into it. Yeah. And there's going to be spoilers. So uh, if you haven't watched it, uh, I would uh, recommend uh, getting a, a a view of of the film before you consume this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's fair. So we watched it. Scott watched it a couple of days before me, I think. And I know he was he was he was uh, champing at the bit. I was chomping bit. at the bit to get Jimmy <laughs> to engage with me. But for for our audience, you should know that we are fresh out of the box. We had yeah. a couple yeah. texts exchange about what we felt about it, but we really haven't discussed it That's until right. right now. Uh, I've been marinating for about five days. Jimmy's been now forty eight hours plus. Yeah, uh, seventy two hours. Yeah, and uh, so you're gonna hear it. You're gonna hear it live. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you raw <laughs> and unadulterated. And let me just start off by saying a couple things. First, I will. I'm not gonna bury the lead here. I'm. I'm. I just for someone like David Chase, who is he's he's a goat. He's one of the all time greats when it comes to storytelling in the true crime genre. He has a reputation, a legacy, a career that is. Above reproach, you know, you're, no matter what he does, you're not going to be able to put any smudges on his his legacy and and his greatness. But I will tell you, after watching this film, something that I believed after consuming the television series is that while there are some creative forces in in the world of entertainment i think comes to mind uh, scorsese tarantino um that love their audience <laughs> and want to please their audience yeah i feel like david chase is someone that at it at his core in his heart has contempt for the audience and that has always been difficult for me to swallow in some of the ways that he decides to go about um, manipulating certain narratives and doing certain, uh, you know, s- certain creative aspects of the Sopranos, the Sopranos canon, the the story of the DeMeo crime family. Uh, some of it, I feel like he is just either intentionally trying to tweak. The, the fan base or just being overly self-indulgent where he's like, this is my sandbox and my toys and my yeah. big wheel and I'm going to play <laughs> with it however I want. And I don't care if 
you know, you love watching me play. You're never going to actually get a chance to <laughs> ride my big wheel. Yeah, I was going to ask you do, you, do you think you're kind of addressing that now, but do you think it's at a subconscious level or he's I don't consciously know. like I, I don't know. dismissive of his, I, you know what I mean? I don't know. Because it could be either. I, I, I just, so I walk away and I, as a Sopranos nerd, I give the film a seven, five, seven and a half. As a just a film critic looking at it as a standalone movie, I give it a six, I think. And I was part of this is my own fault. I get my expectations up so high, and then inevitably, what <laughs> what you know, there have been a couple pieces of content over the last fifteen years in you know in my uh, when I've embarked on this career as a. As, as an expert in the world of criminology and gangsters and the mafia. And, you know, I get so excited. I, I haven't been as excited for anything. The Irishman. <laughs> I wasn't excited I, for I was the Irishman. Oh, you were? Oh, because I was trying to think of what examples no, you were I talking mean, about. Because I, I, I knew what the Irishman was going to be. Oh, that's right. For the, I, yeah, the I, book, yeah. I probably haven't been this excited to consume uh, a piece of true crime content or just uh, crime content, I guess, would be since either American Gangster oh, yeah. or The Departed. Yeah, I saw both of those in the theater. And, and I was, Departed, I was, I was blown away. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of my, you know, greatest yeah. movie making or movie um, watching experiences of my life. Yeah. American Gangster, I was very disappointed in my first watching of it. Um, but as I've gotten further away from it, I love it. And yeah, I, I, I think I like it. Once I get away, once I can d- disassociate. The, the, and this is going to dovetail with some of our conversation, by the sure, way. Sure, sure, yeah. Because Frank, Frank Lucas pops up as a character yeah. in many Saints yeah, of Newark. Yeah, you, you called that. But when I, uh, you know, when I first saw American Gangster, I was like, I, I had such a hard time swallowing the history they were feeding us. Yeah. That uh, it, it it took away from my the entertainment value. But when when, you, when I can just pretend like it's a fictional yeah. story, yeah. it's a really entertaining story. I think so. Yeah. So getting back to the many Saints of Newark. Um Let's first talk, or Jimmy, you, we can go in whatever direction you want to go into. But my, my, uh, you can give a your, your kind of opening statement. But then after you give your initial thoughts, I want to kind of do a things that we really liked about the film yeah. to to start with, and then I can go into my <laughs> my airing of the grievances <laughs> to make a Seinfeld reference. Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, my opening statement, I like the way you put that. Yeah, um, I would say that um, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I would say that if you are a Sopranos fan, you should see the movie. I think you will like the movie. You may not love it, but you will probably like the movie. And if you're not a Sopranos fan and you're just watching it because of the hype and you're expecting a standalone gangster film, I also agree with you. You're you're definitely going to be underwhelmed. I don't, I don't think... People As a standalone it, gangster no, film, it doesn't really even people that have context. I feel like the film lacks context. So if you're yeah. someone who's coming in there completely yeah. blind yeah. And, don't, and don't really know anything about the um, mythology of the of the Sopranos, yeah. you're just going to be totally lost. I, I think, yeah, I think you'll be lost. And I and I'm not and I'm, I'm not sure the film is that interesting for non for non Sopranos people. But I think if you I like the way you divided it into your ratings because I agree with you. I don't think you can talk about this movie as just, you know, this is just for everyone. I think it matters if you're a Sopranos nerd or if you're not. I really agree with you that you're going to you're going to view this film 
uh, through through different ways. So if you if you want to start with like some of the things you liked about it, I, yeah. I like that so there approach. are there was there was a excellent piece of uh, content within what turned out to be a good, I would say, a good piece of content. But I, I think there were the seeds there for something incredibly special that, for whatever reason, didn't uh, blossom, uh, you know, fully, you know, in in the um, development process, I guess. So things I really liked. Um, some of the acting performances were outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Ray Liotta gave one of the best performances of his career, uh, and frankly, and we can we can give spoilers here. Uh, I thought he was taken off the screen way too soon. Uh, I, I needed a, a more of a a, a, a kind of a, a crescendo, like a boy, like like a slow boil, until you you see uh, Dicky Moltisanti, who's the central character in, in this film which to me was one of the problems, but I'll get to that in a second uh, or in a, in a little bit. Um, I think I think you needed to kind of see a development of this, this, this animosity or bitterness he had towards his dad before he kind of flips on him and kills him. Uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. So although you could, you know, you could see from just the, 20 minutes on screen that you see Ray Liotta. You can see how he might not get along with his son. Oh, yeah, sure. But you just didn't really. Yeah. So, but I loved Ray Liotta. I wanted him, for a two-hour movie, I wanted him more than 20 minutes. And you got a little bit of that where they made a decision to have that character play or have Ray Liotta play twins. Right. And his character, the the character that he played in prison was good, too. I, I, I actually like that one better, but yeah. we, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Vera Farmiga oh, yeah. uh, as Livia Soprano was Killed amazing. <laughs> Michael Gandolfini was yeah. tremendous. Killed it. Uh, just, I was just so pleasantly surprised by the, the, the just the, the ease that he, that he, that he took on that role with, uh, he just slipped into his dad's shoes, and it and it just felt so seamless. Yeah. And he was, and for a guy that's never acted before, yeah. Wow. To you know, it, it'd be like, yeah, for a, a a coach never coached before, and he takes over for Nick Saban, yeah. or he takes over for Bill Belichick, and his first you know season. He wins a national champion. Yeah, like like what happened with the Tigers and Brad Osmus. Yeah. Oh no, wait, right. wait, that didn't happen. <laughs> Sorry, that's for the Detroit so, fans out there. <laughs> so I thought that uh, a lot of the acting in the film was was great. Uh, John Bernthal as as Johnny Boy Soprano, uh, he commands oh, he commands the screen every scene. Talk about a guy who deserved more screen yeah, time. Yeah, I wanted him. I wanted more Johnny Soprano. Yeah, I thought the just being back in the world of the Sopranos just felt. You fell at home again, yes. and it was like this: you're revisiting like your grandma's house after being <laughs> away for 15 years. Um, so just being back in that orbit was was amazing, and and you you definitely got the feel of the show. Yeah. in the film, they did a great job of keeping that authenticity that 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 angle of authenticity. Yeah. There were some other authenticity factors that I took issue with, but in terms of recreating that. Aura or that uh, that palpable 
on-screen feeling that that pops off the screen and kind of jumps into your lap whether you're in the whether you consume this in a theater or or uh in your living room um and then i liked the now I, i'm going to say i like something cuz i liked the uh, approach and i liked the idea but I did not like the execution, which was the decision to manipulate what what had been the the the, the standard uh, canon. What 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 we had, a, had been told oh. in the show that Dickie Moltisante, who was Christopher's um, father and had been a um, a mentor or father like figure to Tony had been killed by a dirty cop named Barry Haydu and that it had resulted from a, a feud that he had with a gangster named Jilly Ruffalo mm-hmm. uh, over a, a prison beef. And David Chase had spoken about this uh, in interviews before the film was released, and I kind of like where he was going with it, where he was saying, listen, there's going to be some tweaks in what you see yeah. um, it, in the way this film plays out where things that were brought to you as fact in the show really were just fact from that character's yeah. point of view. Right, their perspective. Their yeah. perspective. Yeah. And everyone's memory is different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know one of the scenes in, in the film that did this was recreating when uh, a story that had been told in the show was when Johnny Boy got so upset with his wife oh, that he yeah. shoots her through the beehive in, in, in her hair, the bouffant. <laughs> yeah. the bouffant. And in the, right. in the television show, it's recounted as uh, Johnny Boy and Livia and Junior and right. his guma right. were out on the town yeah. and, and Johnny Boy shoots through the beehive. But in reality, it well, at least in the, in the, sh- in the movie, it was yeah. Dickie Maltesante and his wife, Christopher's mother, right. that were in the car with him. And, David Chase has said that's because the, the way the story got relayed sure. or the way it was remembered by Janice, yeah. who was telling the story she was just a kid in the final season, she she told it as, right. oh, Junior was there. But right. in reality, Dickie was there. So, and, and I buy that. I yeah. buy that. No, I and I liked that. it. So yeah. I like the idea that – so we had been led to believe for the last 15-plus years that uh, Dickie had been killed by this Jilly Ruffalo who had – we never only had been referenced in that one part of the show. We didn't know who he was, right. but we find out in reality it was Junior Soprano who had put the the, the hit in motion. So I like the idea that we were going to change what we had been led to believe, but I did not like putting Junior Soprano. It didn't make any sense. There was no re. They, they tried to make you think that Junior was so upset by the fact that Dickie Maltesante had laughed at him when he slipped right. on the ice coming out of a funeral parlor, that that somehow yeah. made Junior so angry that he that he wanted to murder Dickie Maltesante. And I, I think you could have played with it in, in a way that would have really fit. And if you would have made the person that put the order out being Johnny Boy Soprano. Yeah. Then it would have given that whole Tony mentoring Christopher a whole different dimension. And I think you could have built uh, within the, within the storyline some type of ri- uh, budding rivalry between Johnny Boy and Dickie. 
um, where there was resentment between them. Yeah, because be, be, there, there was supposed to be that, sorry to interrupt, but that, that resentment between Dickie and Junior, but it was so subtle almost to not even not even exist. It didn't, <laughs> didn't make, it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah. But it would have made sense if yeah. you find out that Tony's dad was the one who actually killed or had yeah. Dickie Maltosante killed, yeah. even if Tony didn't know it. Right, right, because he may not have. Right. He might, you know how that goes. You know that better than anyone. Even people who are close to you, the subterfuge, right? You give them, yeah. you feed them stories <laughs> because you don't, yeah. and you want those stories getting out so that no one really knows I liked, what really happened. I liked the Easter eggs. They were kind of peppered, oh, yeah, peppered sure. throughout. You had to be a real Sopranos nerd to catch some of them. Yep. One of the first ones that I caught was that the um, young black street hustler that they were chasing at the beginning of the film um, was called uh, Leon Overall. Oh, they're the cop. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah. You you find out, well, I guess you found out 15 years ago, but you find out later in if you're going by the timeline of the show, you know, uh, 10 years after that or 15 years after that, Tony Soprano uh, makes his bones in the DeMeo crime family by killing an African-American oh, yeah, right. bookmaker named right. Willie Overall. Right. So I, I'm guessing David Chase is telling the fans that this Leon Overall was related in this, this African-American uh, street figure was was somehow r- related to to Willie Overall. Was who, that the cop that pulled him over? Wasn't that his last name too, or no? Who pulled who over? Remember the the African American state trooper who pulls over Tony, and at first Tony kind of likes him, but then oh, like, then he gets him fired. Yeah, Charles, he gets him fired. Wasn't his no, that was Charles. That was Charles Dutton. Yeah, I know, but wasn't his last name Overall too? I don't remember that. Oh, okay, all right, whatever. I'll uh, look it up. I just know that Willie Overall was. Yeah, yeah. The, Tony, That's how he made his bones. Tony killed Willie Overall on Labor Day 1982. Right. And in one of the uh, final seasons of the show, uh, you find out that Larry Boy Barisi is cooperating and that they're digging up Willie Overall's body. And Tony uh, and Pauly have to go on the lam because Pauly was with him. Uh, and they go to Florida. And then at the end of the show, they find out that that Larry Boy had, had fed the government false information. It told him that Jackie Aprile. Had actually married, uh, had actually murdered right. Willie Overall, um, but you didn't know anything about Willie Overall other than that he was a black bookmaker. You, and there's a scene where you can where they recreate Tony and Paulie shooting him. But we don't even know what he shadowed. did. To, right, to, you don't really know what he did. Right, right. But I, I thought it was pretty clear early on when they said that that guy's name was Leon Overall. I, I'm like I as a Sopranos nerd noticed the right the. Um, the shout out to Willie overall. So things like that. I was wrong, by the way. You know, Charles Dutton, it's Leon Wilmore. Oh, so but I, his name was Leon. Yeah. So I, okay. I, I don't guess that's, that was wrong. So whatever. Uh, so Jimmy, tell, tell us what were your favorite things about, about the movie? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and this is one of the things I did text you when I watched it was the, I agree with you hundred percent. The best parts of the movie, it's worth watching it just to watch the family unit. Yeah. Just to watch t- young Tony with his parents to see Junior, to see Janice, to see them together. Been, it just would have been was great. Uh, last thing I'll say, yeah, and then or last thing I'll say uh, on, on my, I guess my my second opening statement, uh, and then turn it over to Jimmy is that what you know how Jimmy just opened that is what he just said was to me that's what the movie should have been. Yes, it just should have been a Tony Soprano origin story. Yeah, and that would have been the most natural fit for this. But again. David Chase, I think, bristles against giving the public what they want 
Yeah. And was like, okay, I'll do this, but I want to do it my way. I want to make it centered around Dickie Moltisante, and then I'll throw you guys a bone. I'll give you a couple scenes of, of a young Tony Soprano. But it was very underdeveloped, especially if you were looking into any insight uh, into how Tony Soprano got uh, led into a life of crime. I mean, you don't you see him hijack a fucking uh, ice, ice cream, cream ice yeah. cream truck as a gag. He's just is he's sort of just doing juvenile things, but it, yeah. does, it doesn't lead you to believe he's going to be a hardcore yeah. criminal. And and at, and, at and the idea that Dickie Moltisante mentored him no. that that wasn't true either. No. He was a father figure to him. Sure. Because Johnny's but, in prison for a few right, years. But, and, yeah. but he dies when, when Tony's like 14 or 15 and, before Tony even right. decides to become a criminal. And quite frankly, when you watch the film, Dickie do, only only takes on that role reluctantly. Yeah. He doesn't remember. He's like, Junior's the uncle. Like, let him yeah. let him do it. And then Livia, he's like, well, he doesn't listen to Junior yeah. and you should do it. So even that, he sort of reluctantly. But, yeah, I agree with you. I, I love the scenes with the original family. That should have been, that should have been the... Um, I think the focus of the movie, and in many ways, I think this is a problem. Is it? It does. It does. When you view it, it 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 views as like two different movies. You, you see, you see um, David Chase's vision, which is he wants to make a movie about Dicky Moltisanti and race relations in the 1960s, and you could tell, at least in my perspective, that the studio is thinking, well, yeah, but people want The Sopranos, they want Tony, and so the sort of like. They kind of coexist in the same film, but they're never really like it doesn't really but integrate I, to a whole. A it cohesive sounded whole. okay to me when it was being pitched to me, but after watching it, what was so great about Dicky Moltisanti? No, I, I get, I feel I, you. Man. I, uh, I, and, and Alessandro Nivola, uh, uh, you know, it was a controversial casting because Nivola was a you know a, a niche actor, yeah, someone yeah. who's been around for a while but has never really made it big. And David Chase, you know, went to bat for this guy, and 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 he was cast. And I'm not saying he wasn't good. He was good, yeah. and he was really good in some parts. Sure. But there was nothing about his character that I thought uh, deserved, you know, a, a two-hour film. No, he would have, I agree. He would have been fine as a side character right. in a story about the Soprano family of 19, let's say, 67 to 73, where Johnny Boy and and young Tony and yeah. Junior and Livia and all that, you're seeing all those dynamics. Sure. But no, it, I agree. That that would have been enjoyable because then, like you're saying, for like the Soprano nerds, we could have been like, oh, that's Christopher's dad. That's yeah. cool. But I agree with you. To carry the movie, no. It doesn't – it just doesn't work. And maybe that's the writer's fault. Maybe it's not his fault. But it it, it just – I agree with you. It sort of falls flat. But one other thing I liked, and I, I'm curious to, to hear what you think, is I like – and I think we agree on this, but maybe not. I, I liked – the subplot about the black gangsters and the the civil I like unrest it a and lot. things like that. I thought it was again yeah. underdeveloped. Yeah, right. If anything, right, should have there should have been more context. Yeah. more. Yeah. And 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 for 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 a a, a creator and, and David Chase, a storyteller, and for a, a show that always hung its hat on the authenticity factor, uh, I will always, you know, call BS. I guess when I see. A, a, a group, a storytelling group, in this case, the, the people behind The Sopranos, who hold themselves up to that gold standard of yep. authenticity. But when they start to slip, like for me, the way that the ending was uh, of the whole show, which I, I have, re I had 
issues with that I think are beyond what other people had issues with. And it goes to the whole David Chase has contempt for his audience and, <laughs> and, and lacking <laughs> authenticity. Um, I'm going to call him on it. And so with the, with the subplot uh, of, of the DeMeo crew in this, I mean, it was a war yeah. with, with the, with the black, uh, black mafia of the yeah. time led by Harold, uh, who had been Dickie Maltesante's kind of right hand and running his numbers business in the in the black neighborhoods and eventually breaks off. And he killed, am I mistaken? He killed a couple, I, I mean, if they weren't made guys, they were. Yeah, they were really guys connected that, guys. Yeah. yeah. And then in one scene. Joy Diaz. One, right. And then one in one scene, he, he, he goes, uh, you know, t- takes the pump shotgun and starts attacking yeah. Johnny Boy and, yeah, right. and Dickie. Uh, yeah. And then that would be a death sentence, right? And then he just he, at the end of the show, he's 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 the one who's on top. He's thriving, and he's <laughs> that made no sense to me. Yeah, unless, John, and Johnny Boy's still alive. Yeah, unless, Johnny Boy's not dead. Unless this is this is going to be like another TV, like you know what yeah. I mean? Like unless they're going to continue that story, yeah, it, it wouldn't end that way, right? There has to be more, otherwise. You're right. It's a flawed. Like Johnny flawed Boy's ending. not going to uh, yeah. kill this guy for trying to kill him, regardless right. of the the two soldiers that he killed. Right. But I what I did. What are the some of the things that I liked about it was I liked the the slow evolution of the character where he starts yeah. off. He's down with these Italian right. guys, but they're not down with him. Right. Like he doesn't. You know what I mean? Like they kind of like did it to themselves because well, Dickie, he's happy to work with Moltisanti then, but they they're condescending and they're Dickie racist. Dicky did, did it to himself when he said, "I'm." You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, right. You right. let this guy piss on your leg. Right, right, right. And I think Dickie was saying that to impress, or not to, but, but you could, I love that scene because you can tell that Dickie, in a way, is sort of fond of this guy, but he sees how the other guys react well, they had, when they, they had bring grow, him in the club. Had, part of the, the canon is they had played high school football together. Yes, right. They had right. been in the same backfield. Yeah, right. And so you can tell that, that Dickie is sort of personally fond of this guy, but when he comes in, and that guy's real chummy with Dickie. You see the look on Junior and Pauly, and like they don't like that. And yeah. then all of a sudden, Dickie he changes. Like his 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 body language and everything started changing. And Harold is like, "What the fuck, dude? Like I thought yeah. we were boys, and you're gonna fucking condescend me." That I like because that's real. You know how those old fucking Italian no, I guys like to have a, <laughs> more of the 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 screenplay, more yeah. Airtime to, to that brewing yes. conflict, yeah, which I you agree. saw in little spats. That those are the good. most interesting things about yeah. Dick, the most interesting things about Dicky in that movie, in my opinion. Yeah, are his interactions with Harold. Right, which, I didn't which need don't to see, get enough. The- I did not need to see a, a, a scene that took up you know thirty seconds of of him coaching blind kids playing <laughs> baseball. I mean, that, like, that's come bizarre. on, that's, man. That, that's you're, you're trying to show us that you know every gangster is multidimensional and they're not all bad people. Yeah, we know. That's what the whole point of the Sopranos television yeah. show was about. Do you think? Do you think? By the way, now now we're going to spend more time at it than than it <laughs> deserved to be in the movie. But remember when he's done telling that story, Ray Liotta's not there. Yeah, you don't know. So, if that's so he, did he even that make that up? Right? Yeah. <laughs> did he imagine that or what? Right. I mean, he he likes to imagine right. that he would do something like that. But um, I like. I also like one thing I liked about the the subplot with African American gangsters. Something you and I have talked about on the show before is. This is very, I think it's fascinating. The So you have the civil rights movement, something that, you know, uh, um, a lot of us think is, is a positive, progressive thing. and But there's this sort of perverse underside to that, which is to say that 
the gangsters are also saying like, yeah, you know what? That's right. Why should we? Why should we be yeah. secondary? No, there, there was a, there was a in par- the underworld. It's, there definitely was a, a parallel. parallel. I mean, yeah, in Detroit, right, there was right. a parallel. It's fascinating. Where a lot of the African American gangsters jumped onto the black power movement yeah. and used it as a way to distance themselves from the Italians. Yeah, we should if we're going to have illicit rackets in our neighborhood, then we yeah. should control it. Right. Which is fascinating because in the sense of in, in a lot of ways that's inconsistent with the civil rights message, which is about empowerment and right. you know, it's just mis- take care of misconstruing. Your right. Yeah, right. What like, the message was. Right, right. Like the 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 message wasn't like Prostitution and drugs and gambling is good yeah. as, long as, as, long as, control- as long as we're controlling <laughs> the action. Control- right, that wasn't the point. Right, if they did, but but nevertheless, that that was part of it. And we talked about that with Crazy Joey Gallo, and he 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 exploited that to an extent by aligning himself with with black gangsters. So all of that was really interesting, and I agree with you that that should have been unpacked even more. And I think to the extent that I, I we think we're saying Dickie Moltisanti was sort of this flawed uh protagonist uh the best scenes with him in my opinion are his interactions with that that kind of tension yeah. the, the interactions with um the the black gangsters um let me think uh anything else i like one liked, thing i um, really liked that i forgot to mention yeah was how they recreated a scene right out of the sopranos television show which one? If what? you remember, again, you have to be a Sopranos nerd, but if you remember in the first season or the second season, one of the uh, first episodes where, where Tony's having a flashback and he's talking to Dr. Melfi, and there's the scene where Tony sneaks in the back of the car and uh, Johnny Boy is taking Janice to the uh, fair. But, oh, and yeah. Janice thinks he, she's going there for like a daddy d- daughter date. Right. But he, when in reality, he's just using the, yeah, the, back, gangster shit. the back room of the of the fair office to, yeah. to run rackets. Right. And Tony gets to see his dad and his uncle, you know, uh, let off in handcuffs. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they recreated that exact scene. Yeah. I think you know, I, I may be wrong, but I, I think there is a slight difference, though. I th- yeah. think. Tony uh, Johnny Boy doesn't make the comment right, right. to the police officer. Right. One of the other guys did. Right, which is which fits in with David Chase's theory that yeah. Tony's memory might not be right. perfect in the in the TV show. Yeah, but I agree with you. I like the I liked all the Easter eggs. Um, I thought that was that was really fun. Um, you know, in terms of like some of the things we transitioned to, we could jump all over the place at this point. But some of the things that I I didn't like, and we, we've already kind of unpacked some of that, but. Um, I just didn't find Dickie Moltisanti that compelling. I just didn't, I just didn't like, I thought it was cool. Oh, this is Christopher's father. We used to hear about him and I don't know whose fault that was. I don't know if it's the actor or was it the writers or was it David Chase's fault? Maybe, maybe that character just shouldn't have been the center of this universe I, I in the first place. And I, this is, this is going to get into two of my beefs. First off. I didn't like the way that they weaved Pauly, Silvio, and Big Pussy into the film. That's like, inconsistent with the timeline, too. Right. So there, so there, the are, there are a couple issues I have. Yeah. First, I'm like, okay, if you're gonna bring these guys into the in into our world, our new world of the new world of the Sopranos, which is actually an old world of the Sopranos, but yeah. you know what we're talking chronologically. Yeah. So if you're going to do that, then then do it. But it's, but if you want it to be a gimmick, 
then just do it for a scene or two scenes. And yeah, you can a, keep a, it as a gimmick. It's like an Easter egg. Kind right. Of thing. But if you're going to do it where they're in multiple scenes, which right. they were, they were in a lot of scenes. Yeah. But you didn't give them anything to do other than just be there in the background. And then you were kind of confusing what you had told us the entire television show, which was that Polly, well, at least Polly and Big Pussy had come up in Johnny Boy Soprano's crew. Right. Not Nikki Maltesante's crew. No, right. And then Silvio was presented as a contemporary of Tony, even if he was just a couple, you know, I I think you could have believed that he was a, a couple years older sure. than Tony, but he wasn't like a different generation no, he, the, of gangster. He than seemed Tony. like he was Dickie's conciliary. Yeah. <laughs> and and he wasn't just like there. He like had right. was playing like a and then the care and it was just this it was like a Saturday Night Live impression of Stephen Van Zant doing yeah Sill yeah well, our engineer Mark we, we were talking before we recorded that was one of the things he he least liked about it was those he felt like they were like characters so I'm just like well and, and I'm thinking to myself well Paulie played a big role in not just Johnny Boy's uh, mob life but in Tony's life Tony talks about idolizing Paulie when when Paulie was Johnny Boy's driver. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I mean, Paulie could have been. I think of the timeline. Paulie was supposed to be older. I mean, Paulie yeah. could have been part of that scene, and I would have been okay with that. Yeah, but they didn't give the the character anything to to work with. The yeah. only one of those characters that really had lines, yeah. was Sylvia, right? And that fell out of place. I'm like, wait, so Sylvia was a made guy? Yeah, that, that in, makes sense. Back at that point, there's no way. Well, that that's some. Let, I mean, if we we can talk about that because I, I there's some things that I'm unclear about, and maybe this is part of the problem. I get the sense from watching that film that Johnny Boy is part of Dickie's crew. That Johnny's not even the captain. That like, yeah. doesn't it seem like Dickie? I, I couldn't tell. That's I couldn't what I'm tell. Saying. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, who's, maybe. Who's with who? Right. You can, yeah, it's, it's difficult because um, I mean, I guess Johnny's in prison for a lot of the the film, but um, but remember, he seems even when he gets out of prison, he's he's talking to Junior. He's like, he's saying, like, "Oh, Dickie Moltisanti." Now yeah. that's a guy who knows what it's, and so. I'm, and I, but I got thinking, the feeling like, that he was in a different crew. That was ma, like ma, our crew. Were, he like this is our crew, and you and I've been gone for four years, and you're not handling your business. Meanwhile, this other crew with Dickie oh, Montesante okay. yeah. is thriving. Yeah, and that's maybe, how I interpreted. No, that oh, that makes sense. And then I suppose if you're going to try to keep the logic here, when Montesante gets killed, maybe Johnny absorbs those guys, and then that's how Paulie and them come up under. Johnny, that's plausible, but I still think the timeline doesn't work. Maybe I think for Paulie could because he's older. You Maybe never, for Pussy too, but but Silvio is supposed to be a contemporary of Tony's. Maybe not the same grade, but more or less because I mean, Ralphie you hear even Ralphie says that. saying, you know, right. that did Jackie sell? Yes, him and Tony were like, uh, you know, they called themselves the sixth. They were joking. Yeah, we were like, we thought we were the sixth fan. Right, 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 and and. That is inconsistent with the Silvio we saw and then in the, in the season film. Season two, Christopher uh, makes a mention of, of Big Pussy getting, you know, he, when it was his time, it was his time. And he stepped up in the unrest of 83, was what they said. Yeah, yeah. So making it seem that whether he was made or, or his reputation was enhanced by something that happened in 83. Meanwhile, we're looking, we're back here in 67 and right. then in 71, and he's playing a role in so I, I suppose pussy could have been a uh criminal in nineteen sixty seven, 
But would he have been running with made guys like Johnny yeah. and Dickie Moltisanti? I don't think so. Not at that. Not how how old was he supposed to be? Right. Like twenty one or something in this. Why movie? didn't we see Richie April? Yes. Yeah. Why yeah. didn't we see Feach Lamana? Yeah, the old those were the older dudes. Yeah. Why yeah. didn't we see like Buffalo Ray Curto? Yeah, right, right. He would have. Why been. didn't we see Gene Pontecorvo? I mean, there were as many Easter eggs as they gave us. I wanted more. Yeah. Like even if it was just like one scene where, where Tony. We got one hash. There was one hash. There was a Easter hash. Egg. No, there was a reference. <laughs> reference. We said right. my friend hash. Yeah, yeah. So but they, we should have seen hash. Yeah, that would have been that would have been cool. Um, but yeah, there could have been more Easter eggs. Um, but I'm I'm also confused about. So. Uh, Hollywood Dick Moltisanti, the narration is he's not a made guy. Right, but he's made a ton of money. But he's a big a earner. Of, and has a ton of respect. But, but, but he seems like a a heavyweight dude in that crew. And like you and I have talked about, um, like in Detroit, Chicago, maybe that makes sense. But in Jersey, does that make sense that a, no. a non-made guy carries that much weight? So then are you <laughs> supposed to think that Dickie was made? Yeah, right. I don't know. Right, that's what so I mean. So Dickie, ha- even though... Uh, Hollywood Dick was making a lot of money, but if Dickie had his button, Dickie would outrank his dad. Right, and and is that why he can kill him and get a, and know like he'll yeah. probably no get one, away with it? By the way, no one really said anything. No, except for the un- uncle kind yeah. of saw through it, right? <laughs> Which was kind of an interesting scene. But so I was confused about like like his position and all this. Although I did like I, I actually like Ray Liotta as the um, as the uncle the now. uncle better because. I just thought that was I was an impressive performance. How, because at first when you told me he's going to play twins, I was like, "Oh, that's a gimmick. That's cheesy." But then when you see it, he lost weight. Like his demeanor. Like he's a great actor. Like yeah. like you really bought that. Like yeah, that's not the same dude. Even though it looks like Ray Liotta, he he um he lost weight. His demeanor, everything, yeah. his style was was very different. And it and it and it made you think like yeah okay this dude seems like a dude who's been in prison for a long time like. You know, he's more chill. He's 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 into jazz, Buddhism. But one thing that I want to ask you that I, I had an issue with, and not a major issue, it's not a deal breaker, but to your point, the authenticity, if we're going to, you know, take it seriously and hold him to that standard, he says he's in prison for killing a made guy. I have a difficult time buying that, and you and you tell me if I'm I'm off base here. This is 1967. Is that when he first goes to prison to see him? Of 67 or 70. Yeah, when he, when he goes and sees Six, him. Yeah, so. 67. So the the implication is that he's been in prison for, what, a couple decades? So the 1940s, you know as well as I do, a lot of mafia murders did not go, I mean, they yeah, went unsolved. Ne- he would have never been arrested he and tried. Never, precisely. Convicted precisely. and sent to prison. Right, he would, they, right. It would have been yes. street justice. 100%. Out. I'm, glad, I'm glad that it's not just me because right yeah. away I had an issue. I was like, this story, wait a minute, this doesn't. This doesn't make sense to me. Like that, right? That he would have never been prosecuted, and first of all, the 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 uh, DeMeo family would wouldn't have let it get to that point anyhow. They would have whacked him, right? Now, is that a deal breaker? No. But to your point, those little things they used to get right in the TV show, and that's why guys like us revered and love that TV show because even the little things you're like, yeah, that's how that's how it really goes down. <laughs> right. So doesn't it seem like sort of reckless for them to let yeah. some of these things just <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but you know, one of those little things that I, I remember noticing that I thought they just they hit us a, a grand slam on was it was one of the season openers where Hesh and his son in law get attacked. 
Oh, yeah. And uh, there was a miscommunication, and one of uh, the Lupertazzi's guys didn't Yeah, the realize. hairdo, right? Jerry, right, Jerry right? Yeah. Torciano. And, uh, I mean, Hesh was no small timer. I mean, right. Hesh was right. as high as you could get in the world of non-made, yeah. non-Italians in that world. Right. And it's like they they discuss the issue. It gets kind of put to bed pretty quickly. And then they're like, all right, can we move on to something more important? <laughs> and it was literally like, can we move on to something that's more right. important? I remember that scene. Yeah, you're like, God damn. And it's like, wow, <laughs> so that's not important. That you, this is one of Tony's best friends. He yeah. almost killed him and his son-in-law. Yeah, and, and, like, and, yeah, and Tony was like, yeah, he was yeah. like very blasé about it too. Like, yeah, what, like, okay. So what I'm saying, that to me, that got it. That 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 hit it, that hit the, the nail on the head. Yes. Because that's yeah. how it is. That's right. Yeah. Because if that, if, if that same thing had happened to a made guy. Yeah. That there would have been like twenty sit downs over. Oh, yeah, Someone would have got whacked. Probably, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So right. So they, they would get a lot of things right, those little things, subtle things. And in this movie, uh, it seems like they overlook some of those things, like we're talking about the timeline, other just like mafia protocol, things like that. Another thing I didn't like was I thought the whole thing with the Guma was um I just didn't add anything to the story. And I'm, and I, I think she's a fine actor. I'm not trying to take a shot. I, I don't even, I can't remember her name, but she's an Italian uh, actor, and she's, she's fine. I'm, I'm not, you know, um, but I mean, I, I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying the love triangle, and, and when, and this, so there's, there's two things. I want. Wasn't to say. even really a love triangle. No, because right, he, killed, right, right, like, he kills the dad he, before it can even right. become a love triangle. But a couple of things with authenticity, I'm not buying. And I, and I know I'm about to walk through like a a, a land uh, mine here, but um, I don't think a Sicilian immigrant woman in 1970 is having an affair with an African American gangster. But and it was totally dropped out of the ceiling right. from nowhere. Right. Again, no context. Right. No follow up. Right. It's like if you're going to do that, you at least have to let us understand how that. What were the dominoes that fell to, to for for her to land in bed with Harold? But instead, they just flash to a scene yeah. where they're in bed together. Right. You get about two minutes of it. Right. Then you don't hear about it at all until <laughs> she confesses. Right. To uh, to um, uh, Dickie about it, and Dickie flips his lid which, and kills her. Which she wouldn't be that stupid. She would right. never tell him that. I don't right. think so. But and I just want to be clear because I, I don't want the cancel police. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's okay. I'm saying that cultural norms were different then in 1970. And it's, it's highly improbable to me that a Sicilian immigrant woman would be having an affair. See, with I have a bigger, a black I'm not disagreeing with you from a socioacademic right. uh, perspective. I'm saying I would be okay with it if you wanted to write it into the sure. script and give it its due yeah, attention. Right. And it's interesting. And tell yeah. us how that happened. And right. And develop it. There were so many underdeveloped storylines and story threads that I know, again, if someone was going to, you know, play the devil's advocate, they would say, well, that that, that was part of The Sopranos, too. David Chase would uh, kind of tease out a thread 
Mm. And you think that that thread was going somewhere, yeah. and it would just kind of die on the vine. And it wouldn't be referenced again. Yeah. And Pine Barrens is a perfect yeah, example. And, so, and a lot of times that worked the way he did Everyone that. Everyone thought that, like, <laughs> right. that, the Russian who who disappeared yeah. uh, in the yeah. Pine Barrens episode was, right. was going to pop back up at some point right. and just never got resolved. Or Melfi never telling Tony that this guy sexually assaulted her. Yeah. That was one where you, the audience was clamoring, like, please tell Tony. So yeah. He goes to wax this motherfucker. And they, they, they let that die out, too. Um, Storyline. So, some people would say that's consistent, but I I had a I had a bigger issue with the lack of context sure. than the actual decision to write that into the narrative. But even like even like I didn't feel like I didn't feel like Moltisanti and the the character uh, the the Italian, the uh, Sicilian woman or actually she was probably Italian right she wasn't Sicilian she was Miss Provolone in 1960 yeah I, th- I think they were saying was well, I think she was supposed to be like uh, Napoletan because the Moltisantis are they're not Sic- Sicilian I think they're like the Sopranos but anyhow um, <laughs> I didn't I wasn't buying the chemistry there was no chemistry between like it w- it was a major storyline in the film and I just wasn't. Is it just me? Am I like not romantic enough or something? I just didn't buy. I didn't buy it. I just didn't buy it. The studio gave notes and said we need to have you know uh, a, a, a love interest. We need to have some romance going on here because yeah. you weren't getting it from Tony. I mean, you see Carmela for thirty seconds. She doesn't have any lines. Right. That was cool. That was a fun. I mean, I was cool to see her though. You know, like as, yeah. But as again, a, there was like he like he starts fighting with Jackie. And you don't really even understand that, other than he has a temper. I didn't even realize it was that's Jackie supposed to be Jackie April. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, afterwards, but Jackie and Carmela are waiting for Tony to get off the phone, and he's taking a long time. And then he finds out that Dickie had kind of played him, and then Jackie says, uh, "You know, you calls him Joe Jerkoff." Which, by the way, when you're kids, you fight with your friends all the time. So, but right. it's believable. But I just did, I didn't realize it was Jackie at the in the moment. Yeah. Is it Gabriella Piazza? Is that the yeah, woman it's who the played? So she was fine. No, no. Gabriella Piazza played uh, played uh, Christopher's mother. Oh, and she was great. She was great too. Dickie's, Dickie's um, wife Joanne. The mother in The Sopranos though is very different, and this the mother in the movie is like happy go lucky kind of, and and in some ways I thought. At first, I was like, "Well, that doesn't the mother, seem consistent." You're talking, you're talking about Livia? Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm all over the place here. I'm talking about Christopher's mother, Joanne. Oh, Christopher's mom, yeah, Joanne. The Joanne in the film is very different than Joanne, the Joanne in, in the, the TV. Sh- yeah. And at first, I was like, "Well, that's inconsistent." But then I thought about it, and I'm like, "No, okay, maybe this makes sense because over time, single mom gets jaded, you get older, well, and you, get, I, you know and, what I mean." So I think, she might have been, she might have been different when she was younger. And there were at least two different Joanne Maltesantes. There was the Joanne Maltesante that you meet in season two when Christopher gets shot. It was and, two different actors? And really? she meets. Oh, I don't remember that. She sees Tony in the, in the uh, hospital and says, you need to tell, you need, you need to make whoever, you know, make someone pay for whoever did this. Uh, Yeah, I remember that, that scenario, but I didn't realize it was a different but actor. But then as the series goes on, it's a different woman that plays Christopher's oh, mom. That's who I'm thinking of in my head then. Because I, when I think of her, I think of, the intervention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe smack some goddamn sense. Yeah. <laughs> Was it, is it Leslie Margarita? I'm, 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 I can't think. Who of plays it. the actress from the show? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not positive. I, I don't know. It wasn't a no, major I actor. I don't know, whatever. But I'm sorry, I don't mean to be uh, dismissive of the female characters. But she was a great actor, but I'm just saying, um, 
I, it didn't do anything for me in terms of the writing. Like I, I didn't sense any chemistry between the two. He just he, he kills his dad over her, and I'm like, so what? And then and then he kills her over uh, Harold, and I'm again, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Like just and and those were supposed to be like shocking tragic you could tell that's what they were going for and i'm like yeah but i'm not invested in these then characters i, I don't that, care and i think if david chase was sitting here he'd be like i would say well junior had no reason to kill dickie and yeah let's get and, into and, that and, yeah. and he would be like well you know dickie was able to skate away from all the you know the instances that he should have been caught and either put in prison or murdered so isn't it appropriate that you know I'm just saying. I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. If if you wanted to make this argument, where you could be like, well, wouldn't it, 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 it kind of like with Christopher, like he should have been killed all these other times, but yeah, he ended up right. being killed in a car accident, right? Where Tony, you know, puts his hand over his mouth. Yeah, which so I this, didn't like either. Right. But. So with like this, he'd be like, yo. So Dicky kind of gets murdered in a fluke. Yeah, I mean, the, by the as way, as opposed to the, what he should have been murdered for. M- Michela De Rossi is the name of the the woman who was okay. playing uh, Moltisanti's Gumar. But uh, anyhow, so let, let's talk about the way that went down. So, and I didn't like, and honestly, I like Corey Stoll a lot. Yeah, I didn't love his interpretation of the Junior Soprano. Oh, I, I, I didn't. That didn't. I had. I liked it. I didn't. I didn't see an issue with that. But um, I liked the guy. I don't know who the hell the actor was, but the actor that played him. Oh, in the on TV the show, show yeah. in the flashback, yeah, he, he nailed it. Yeah, yeah, his body language. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was good. the first time you ever see Junior in that flashback. Yeah, you loved you're like, it. You're, you're like, like, you're like that's, that's, that's Junior that's forty years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's Thirty him. years ago, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I'll I'll concede that that dude is better. But um, I, I I like I thought I thought he was fine in the film. But um, I wanted him to be funnier because to me Junior was my favorite oh, character oh, yeah, on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, instead they just sort of re- which, whatever they recycled from recycle Junior's the same, old line. Right, right. They didn't have the makings of a varsity <laughs> right, athlete. Right, yeah. But I I would say I always felt that the story that Tony told Christopher, I always found that that was suspect, and in the in the sense of, I always thought either Tony's lying or. Tony might be misinformed. So I agree with you that to rewrite that, I don't have a problem with because of that very point. Yeah. I was never convinced that that was 100% the, the the truth. My understanding is that there's a deleted scene where Junior does talk to Julie Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Right. And so, he or, find, so he finds somebody so that some has connective no, tissue. No, I think it was supposed to be he needs to find a way to shield himself from this. So he calls Jilly Ruffalo, who's got a beef with Dickie, right. and be like, hey, go do this, and I'll make sure there's no repercussions for you because right. I'll smooth it over. Right. But I—, I but why does my point is why does Junior want to kill Dickie? It doesn't make any sense. No. You should have had a scene where you find out that, you know, Dickie somehow— Forget about the laughing at Junior when he slips, which is, you know, I think the, the Guma says to Junior, everybody was laughing. It wasn't yeah, just right. Dickie. No, that's right. Yeah, she does. Uh, right. right. There right. should have had a scene where you find out that, like, you know, Dickie's crew uh, ripped off uh, Junior, you know, unknowingly or or someone in, Jun- in Dickie's crew disrespected Junior or some real reason for Junior to feel slighted. And Not because he slipped and Dickie chuckled. Right. And I have a, I had a conspiracy theory. And then I thought, and then David Chase sort of kind of. Rained on your parade. Yeah, he rained on my parade. My conspiracy theory, and I, I texted you was, because I'm thinking about how things would have really worked. And I, I, I think what it would have been possibly a better storyline is you see Junior meeting with Harold 
and Junior's like, all right, now I'm going to be your liaison, and I'll give you a better deal. Yeah. And, and like— I don't like this motherfucker either. Right. And like, well, and then, and then, then, then Harold has some cover. Yeah. Right. Then Harold can, they're the ones that are doing it. And then Junior, and would, be, got and Junior would be gaining something. Precisely. Right. That was my conspiracy I theory. I, it didn't make like, sense to me why Junior would want Dickie dead. No, off just of out a, of petting, just being petty. petty slight. Right. Right. So that's where I was like, oh, there must be something more to this. And then I was reading an interview with David Chase and he's like, no, it's just because Junior's petty. And right. I was like, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm buying that then. <laughs> You know, yeah. like I think the the, the organized reason, crime part is more convincing than than a petty. Yeah, right. No, and where did, when did you ever see that from Junior? No, he'd been killing everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he used to get that from everyone all the time. Right. Remember the, one of the best scenes are when Junior gives an order and all the guys look, look to Tony. At Tony. He's like, "What are you looking at?" <laughs> <laughs> right. I just told you. So I mean, he got that shit all the time from the guys. So what? He didn't. He didn't kill them. So. Uh, I, I agree with you that, um, I, I do not have a problem at all with them reimagining In fact, I like what that. happened. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I right. just didn't like the way it was executed. No, I, I agree. That's a, that's a good way. It's a good way to put it. And maybe if they do like a, another movie or something, they can retcon that and make it more kind of some of those things we're talking about, like. Maybe there was a conspiracy, and it's not because if they're just going to leave it the way it is, I agree with you. I'm not buying it. And it just I'm not seems buying like it. such a wasted opportunity to have all of this. I'm sure they had stuff written that didn't make it into the film about Tony and his friends. I mean, there was a scene yeah. where, where Artie was with him, but you wouldn't know yeah. it unless you like, yeah, right. listened really closely, and he made right. it, he said Artie come along or something yeah. like that. Like I just feel like you could have been. You could have made that whole thing so much that that whole subplot, even if you didn't want to make it the 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 centerpiece of the film, even if you didn't want to take the young Tony and make him what the uh, what the film was about. I, I still feel like you could have done a better job giving us more color in Tony's life, because all you really got was okay. He was worried about his mom. He was someone that liked rock and roll. He was someone that was unmotivated in school. Bright, but unmotivated. Right. Yeah. But other than that, you didn't really get much. I, I just, I wanted more scenes with the young I thought Tony the, 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 kid, the, the kid who played him even younger was good, was good too. good, too. He looked, that, he looked like that. that's what Tony would yeah. have looked like, or Gaino Feeney would have looked like when he was eight or whatever, nine. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. Like, the, the moment where my eyes lit up, and I'm like, this is what I want. Just like the scenes in the house when he's him and Livia and she's making him dinner. Yeah. Like that's that's the point where you're talking about like now I feel at home. This feels comfortable. This this is the Sopranos that I that I remember. Those kind of scenes. Johnny coming home and he's bitching and like one of the best lines of the movie is when he walks in from prison. He's like, oh, all yeah. I want to do is bang my guma. Yeah, take a nap. And take a nap. <laughs> right. So those <laughs> scenes and even Janice, the 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 woman who played Janice, like you could already see that she's conniving. Like yeah. I th those are the scenes where I I lit up and I'm like, okay, this is this is great. So more than they should have been more than that. So let me ask you because you you have a lot more Hollywood insiders than I than I know. Um, am am I right to think that? What we watched is a mashup of two different visions that David Chase wants a movie about Dickie Moltisanti yeah. with black tensions and civil rights kind of stuff. 
the studio is probably saying, yeah, but you got to have Tony. You I, think gotta have was, I think if it was up to David Chase, the whole story would have taken place in 1967. Yeah. I, I, and Tony, probably. the only Tony Soprano you would see would be yeah. 10-year-old Tony Soprano. Yeah, in just a couple of scenes, right. probably. So, I mean, what can they what, what can they do now? Because the, the reviews do, are I, mixed. They're going to do uh, – I can oh, – well, let's talk business for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Before they decided to roll it out the way they rolled it out, which ruffled a lot of feathers, which it was just to stream it at the same time. Yeah, Chase putting, was pissed off about right, that. Right, so they, they put it up for streaming on October 1st, and they released it to theaters October 1st. But if you're offering people an opportunity to watch it for free <laughs> on their couch, yeah. you're literally leaving hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. on the table. So they don't have, they're, they're not going to have a box office especially after the word of mouth isn't great. Right. You're not going to have a box office that's going to leave executives clamoring for yeah. follow-ups. Before they made that decision, if they would have done it, quote-unquote, correctly, which I think would have been putting it into the theaters between, let's say, October 1st and Christmas, and then December 25th, you can start streaming it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That could have been, yeah. Then I think yeah. it would have been an it would have been an event film the way the Marvel films are. Sure. And they would have made hundreds of millions of dollars at the box office. Even in the era of COVID, I still yeah. think they would have. Yeah. Um, but they decided not to. So that that the business angle affects what the future is. Right. So I would have said it was a hundred percent in stone that they were going to start producing a Sopranos prequel television series. Yeah. Right. Uh, with Tony as a teenager. Right. Now I would say it's probably 50-50. And Vera Farmiga, by the way, has been very public that she, she, wants, wants, she that. wants to do it. Yeah. She'll do it. Yeah. So, and I think Gandolfini, too. I think yeah. I think Michael, too, has said yeah. he, he would do it. So I think there's a probably a better than 50-50 chance that a year from now we'll either be readying to watch the new Sopranos television show, which takes place in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, or we will have already consumed it. I hope. I mean, I, I, you know, we've criticized a lot, but I I hope that they do. Yeah. There was enough good there yeah. for me to want. I'm interested in exploring that universe more. Yeah. That, that era and stuff. That's the best part of the movie. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's right. I'm okay yeah. with never seeing Dickie Maltesante again. <laughs> right, right. All due respect right. to Alessandro Novola. Again, yeah. he was very good. Sure. I can see why within the industry he's respected as a yeah. actor's actor. Yeah. But I, I don't need any more of that storyline. No. So and I, I want to know more about Johnny Boy and Junior. And, and Harold. I'd li- I'm interested yeah. in seeing how that how that plays and I out. Want, and I want to know, they they gave us a, a, a glimpse, but I want to know about Eckley DeMeo. Yes, The godfather yes. of the DeMeo crime family. All, always who, been intrigued Who by David that. Chase plays. Yeah, a cameo. Uh, yeah. A, you know, he doesn't have any lines, but <laughs> right. you see that this elderly man is being yeah. ushered into a funeral, uh, into a wake, into the back room to meet with yeah. his men, the kind of the way that. Tony would have meetings at uh, wakes right. and whatnot, and you see Johnny Boy and Junior talking to the right. older man. And that's when uh, younger Tony's like, "I wonder what they, yeah, talk, what about. they talk about." And they, right? Yeah. And I would, I read, I think it was in Rolling Stone piece. David Chase, they asked him about DeMeo, 
And they said there were more references to DeMeo in season one, and then you sort of stop. And David Chase just comes, this could be to your point of his, like, so sort of flippant and dismissive he is. He's just like, I just lost interest in it. Like, I just didn't. He died in prison. I, yeah, I just didn't want to really talk That's about it That's what he said. Anymore, he, said right? he died in prison. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but he's like the patriarch of this right. family. Like, some of us would are curious. Like, let's. Well, so, no, there was, some, there was something written uh, early on in the show that was put out where it was kind of like a. Sopranos, a guide to the Sopranos. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And they had some backstory. And in Johnny Boy's backstory, it talks about how Johnny Boy had been mentored by Eckley DeMeo. Oh, okay. Come up as Eckley DeMeo's driver. Yeah, that, and that makes sense. That would be cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, there was one part I liked where I think it was Frank Luca. Who, so, so Wait, let's talk about that for a second. But, he's, but he said, remember, he says, he goes, when Harold says he's got a problem with the Italians, he goes, DeMeo. And he goes, right. no, no, Moltisanti. And I like that because it reminded the audience that yeah. DeMeo is out there somewhere. Right. He, we don't know a lot about him, but he's he's out there, you know, uh, in that universe. So <laughs> I just – I don't understand how history now tells us that Frank Lucas oh, yeah. was this incredibly sophisticated, yeah. uh, polished – Yeah. African American drug don, yeah, um, and it's just it's just accepted as the gospel. And anybody that has studied New York in the 1970s and studied the Harlem drug trade, not to say that Frank Lucas didn't play a role, he sure, did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Him and his group, which was known as the Country, Country Boys, Boys yeah. were one of the the big uh, drug organizations in the area. Sure, but the way that he's being portrayed, I mean, I, I, it's I guess it's becoming like. Uh, when I was a kid, um, Dana Carvey on, on Saturday Night Live was was famous for doing George Bush impressions. Oh, yeah, And then yeah. it became where, like, anybody doing a George Bush impression yeah. wasn't doing a George Bush no. impression. They were doing a Dana Carvey impression yes. of George Bush. Right, so right. now, since American Gangster, anyone that is, you know, any uh, any anything that alludes to Frank Lucas or anytime Frank Lucas is portrayed now, yeah. they portray the Denzel Washington version right. of Frank Lucas, which is just, it's false. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like the black Michael Corleone. That, that's yeah. kind of what they're going for. This yeah. was a simpleton. Yeah. Well, he was a country. We really That's yeah. why they called him. That's why they called him that. Yeah, they were uh, from the South. So, but, but, you know, if, if you're talking about... But Lucas, I mean, he, he's the Lucas one who spun had, that... He's the one that spun that tale, and, and everyone was buying into it, the Hollywood people, right? Cause, yeah. Because there was really no one really around from that era to challenge that other than historians and journalists. Yeah. Or Nicky Barnes, who was in the Witness yeah, Protection yeah. Program. Yeah, right. right. Well, but that's protection. who was... Nicky Barnes was the sophisticated, polished one. Yeah, that's one. right, yeah. It wasn't Mr. Lucas. Mr. Untouchable, right. 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 Lucas was the... You know, uh, was the, was the minor leagues to to to, to Nicky Barnes's major leagues? Yeah. Now I don't want to say minor leagues in the sense that he was a minor drug. No, figure. no, he, he was, wasn't a minor. Yeah, drug he was pushing figure, a lot of weight. He, you know, he was the, um, you know, he he was like the Kirkland brand, like the the Costco <laughs> water, yeah. and uh, yeah. Nicky Barnes was Fiji water or yeah. Boss water, yeah, or, Smart water, whatever, yeah, Smart water, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I I agree. I mean, and and in fairness, it's a small part of the movie, but it is to your point of again not not taking into account the authenticity. But I was speaking well, of but, that, but what I liked about that yeah. though, and sticking with the authenticity factor, yeah, is that Frank Lucas had a big big presence in Newark. 
Yes, right. So right, that right. is someone that right. Harold would have. He wouldn't have gone to Nikki Barnes. No, no, no. That's right. Because um, yeah, and you, you don't even get the sense too much from American Gangster. It's it, it it's sort of like he takes over Bumpy's role as like the Don of Harlem, and right. when when in fact Lucas was North most Jersey of his, was the his, most of his yeah. territory was New Jersey, right? But it was interesting, maybe even more so than the TV series, was how many. References to non-fictional gangsters. Vito Genovese. Right. So they show Frank Lucas, but then there's references to Vito Genovese and Tony Salerno. Right. Remember, he thinks, he says, who put you up to this? Tony, Tony Salerno for Fat Tony. Right. Yeah. The uh, the hit on, uh, the attempted hit on Moltisanti. Yeah. Um, and so those were at least three that I noticed. Were there any more? I, I, those were the only three that I picked up on. But in the original TV series, I don't know, there's what, there's a few John Gotti, Sammy the Bull, Albert Anastasia. Joe, Joe, Joe Bonanno. Oh, Joe Bonanno. Yeah, so I guess there were a few in the TV series, but... So what do you make of the ending? Um, I, I didn't... I, oh, the uh, pinky? The pinky square thing, I didn't like it. I, well, I I didn't mind the fact that it ended with Tony standing over Dickie Moltisante's dead body in, in the wake. I, I, don't, I don't mind that part of it. Well, let me, let me say first of all, and this was fan service that David Chase did not want, I don't think, but they did it anyhow, is the music. And no, I, I loved it. I, I loved it. No, I, that was one, I of, my favorite, crazy. one of my favorite parts of the yeah, film. No, for was sure. The, the I, film ends. I wanted, I wanted the binge yourself like, a gun. all seven seasons right when I heard yeah. that. I was like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the TV show again. Yeah, so but so that I like, but the... the um, what is it saying? I still don't know. What's it saying? I, well, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, you would think that seeing Dickie Moltisanti murdered would actually have the opposite. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Especially it seems since counterintuitive, you, you right? You see him throw the speakers that right. Dickie I don't want anything to do with giving this. him stolen speakers. Right. And he throws them out the window and yells at his dad. Right. I don't want anything to do with your life. Right, right. So it does seem peculiar that all of a sudden – you would think that that would have the op that that would further cement his uh, view that I I don't want anything I want to remember he says I got to go to college I'm yeah. going to try to play sports and you would think that something like that would be so traumatic it doesn't make why would that inspire him and unless it like a, a is that avenge, what, is that, vengeance is that thing what or something is that what it's I don't know I I got the sense implying? from the, the pinky thing and the the music. I felt was supposed to be the bridge to the Tony Soprano we know. I would have liked to see that, again, that bridge developed more yeah, than yeah. just this kind of faint yeah. reference. Let, let me ask you a couple of other things, too. I, if we, I got a little bit of time here. Uh, I know I know you guys, you got to get out of here, but um, a lot of the Sopranos was about psychoanalysis and psychiatry. A couple of things, and, and they would explore things that were, you know, make people uncomfortable. There's... And it had to be in the Sopranos because this was a major part of the show. There had to be this Oedipal yes. moment. And there's a th thing where the student counselor is saying, talking about Tony and his mom snuggling up together. Yeah. And in some ways that seems harmless. And that's what mothers and sons should do when the sons are, are younger. But when you know the history of the show, <laughs> you can't help but think, is there a Freudian, is there a Freudian thing? Because... Johnny Soprano's gone a lot. He's in prison. And not to say that Livy did anything in, inappropriate. We, with, with psychoanalysis, people assume, oh, you're talking about actual sex. That's not what the point is. The point is that it's a catharsis. Like, she needs, she wants a male mm -hmm. partner. And maybe not in the in the, the sexual sense, but someone to be there emotionally, physically. And, and, and was Tony a substitute? And that... 
we, maybe we can understand that, but that can be really unhealthy, and that can fuck you up. And and that was part of what Melfi was arguing the whole time, is that your mom fucked you up, yeah. dude. And that's what she was trying to tell Tony. She, and he it, didn't want to hear that And you lot. saw the flashes of that in Vera Farmiga's oh, yeah, performance. Right, like, right. what a, you know, unstable... Yes, good way to put uh, it. ...misguided yeah. woman that was trying to navigate motherhood and, and wifedom and... Just had this. It was what you know. What my maybe my favorite scene in the film was the scene where John oh, and I said it was my favorite line in the film when Johnny Boy comes home. Oh yeah, and, and she starts you know crying. Uh, yeah, she ru- she ruins her own yeah. welcome home party by her uh, her dramatics, her right. histrionics. Right, and and that sort of stuff Tony would reference in the show. And that's the stuff that you yeah. you know that was the Livia that you <laughs> yeah, knew right. from the show. Right, right, right. So. But so that was interesting, and but the other part I thought was, and it's like John, and then, and then even with Johnny Boy, he's like yelling at Livia about the fact that there was a black family moving oh, yeah, on the yeah, street. Yeah. Like it's Livia's fault. No, that that was good too. Yeah, that that he's what's, no, she, what's, she, what's she gonna do? He's no, but and, and he's right. That shows you that he's no bed of roses. He, he's no yeah. like picnic to be around. No, he either. was pit, no, he was perpetually <laughs> pissed off. Right, right. He's which was the, the which is why I read an interview with John Bernthal. He said, uh, you know, I I envisioned him as someone that wherever he was, he wanted to be somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, and right now I I. I that, that makes sense. And in some ways you could see that with Tony. Um, but also there was this reoccurring thing of undermining junior sexuality. Did you pick up on that yeah. too? The woman, the guma says any excuse to not, not fuck, fuck yeah. right? And then, and then, then someone the, else made a f- comment about junior not screwing his fiance before that. Yeah. Or I, junior not screwing his girlfriend. Yeah. And then there, wasn't there another slight to him that like his, his girlfriend was fucking some other dude yeah. and, he, and he didn't mind. He didn't right. like, he didn't like, what was that about? Because I don't remember in the TV series. There was the one storyline where they give him a hard time because he goes down on that woman. Right. <laughs> but but that's he's like, but he's with a woman, right? right? What do you think? I don't know. Was there anything? Should we read anything more into that? What what was this like trying to undermine his sexuality? Like, like he was just kind of making him a his whole life in the mob. He was kind of this, the butt of the joke. I see. And Johnny was the one that everyone respected. Uh, and yeah, did. I think that that junior from from the first part from the season one he's this character that always has a chip on his shoulder yeah because he's in the shadow like he's never been respected at any level whether it be business i see personal right so this is just kind of you're getting more insight into that this is this has been an attitude for a long time in that universe you know never got married never had kids of his own right which is unusual in that world right right yeah paulie didn't have even unusual just in general for yeah. back yeah. back back then yeah, yeah. Not, not not just in the in the underworld um yeah i did i like the guy who played Paulie. um i agree with you that maybe it wasn't no, written I didn't the, have the an right issue. way i didn't have an issue with him other than he wasn't really he was there for window dressing yeah yeah i mean i i, I guess I, i'm not sure what else they could have done with him no i would have wanted to see him with johnny boy like as John, oh, yes, as johnny yeah. boy's okay. bodyguard I, I, I and agree driver yeah yeah, I agree with you. Instead of like he's like Dicky Moltisanti's guy. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, that doesn't make sense. But um yeah, overall I would I would recommend it. Um I think, you know, it'd be interesting to hear what people say on social media getting back to us what they think. Um I hope he puts out a some type of, you know, director's cut or oh, deleted yeah. scenes or Yeah, I hope I hope so too, but I think you know, for us being hypercritical, it's because we revere the TV show. And the expectations were so high. I don't want people to think that 
the film's not worth watching because I, I don't believe that that's true. It's worth watching. It is. Especially just, for Sopranos fans. It's, you know, my biggest, you know, if I want to boil my critique down to a sentence or two, it's just uneven. Yeah, that's a good way and to put it. And there are yeah. parts of it that are really, really, really good, really authentic, and then there are parts of it that just fall short and I'm just kind of like, why am I, why are they wasting five minutes on this? <laughs> yeah. Or why are they going down this rabbit hole when there are 10 other rabbit holes I'd rather them now, go down. That's not just us. There are mixed reviews out there, but I haven't followed it up. Have the writers and have they, have they acknowledged the mixed reviews at all? Have they, have they responded to, and like, what, what's I haven't, like David I haven't, Chase and others? Have they, have they like, because there's, there's some praise out there too. There's some reviews out there that are like, Oh, they nailed it. Like top to bottom. It's fantastic. I, I, read, I read somewhere where David Chase was like, this was inevitable, just like the ending oh, I see. controversy was inevitable. I, yeah, I mean, that's that, an easy cop-out. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess, sure, but. But David Chase is also kind of like, yeah, you know what, I'm kind of done with this. If other people want to yeah. take a shot, I don't have a problem with them. You know, I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll give them my blessing. Yeah. But, you know, I'm kind of, I want to make, he said, I want to make another movie. He said, I want to make another movie before I die, and I, and I want it to be The Sopranos. Yeah, well, I hope he signs off on other people continuing yeah. it, you know, because, I mean, look, look at the Star There's Wars There's a universe George Luco, to explore. Jar George Lucas doesn't have his yeah. fingers on everything in the Star right. Wars universe. You can let other people, right. you know, I mean, he, I think he's like the Don. He kind of signs off on yeah. things. But, like, you can you can have other, entrust other people, there was just, competent people you know, to do a good job. And a two-hour movie, we got about a half hour of Tony. Yeah, or Michael Gandolfini. Yeah, and he Tony. was and he was great. I just needed more. It just that that got me so charged up because Michael Gandolfini did such an amazing job. I can't overstate it. No, I agree with you. He was the best part of the. If I had to pick one thing that right. was the best part of the movie, it was Michael Gandolfini stepping into James Gandolfini's shoes and embodying right in in every aspect a young Tony. No, Soprano, I agree. And from I, the I, way he walked to the way he talked to his mannerisms to his. His, you know, his on on screen presence, and I love that they then that he did not act like an arch criminal from day one. I like the fact that it was a process. You didn't see it, but that again, if you want to swing the pendulum over, I like that too. I like that a lot. But I would have liked to seen something towards the end of that film. Yeah, that kind of shows us. Yeah, where he's leaning towards. Yeah, and you didn't really see no, I get, any. You didn't see any seeds of criminality other than the boys will be boys kind of hijinks. Right. Um, there was right. nothing in him that you could have said that. Oh, I could, I could foresee this no. guy going I mean, behind, going into to the life behind. You him. see, you see that he's got a temper, but again, that doesn't mean criminality. I mean, I have a fucking temper. I kind of, ex <laughs> I kind of expected. <laughs> Even though I knew that the Tony Soprano character wasn't going to have a ton of screen time, I expected him to be going with Dickie Moltisanti on jobs. Oh, yeah. In my, in my mind. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's only that one time where he's with him and they, he sees Harold and, you know. Yeah. You remember? But, but that was sort of incidental. Like, yeah. he wasn't – I don't think Tony was with him to do gangster shit. Right. Like, I think he just happened to be in the car with him. Yeah, I mean, but again, maybe – Maybe this is opening up more for more content. Like, you know what but I mean? I feel like it was also implied that Dickie Moltisante was not just a father figure, but yeah. a mentor to Tony yeah, in his the underworld life, and mentor. he wasn't. No, no. At all. No. I mean, at all. No. 
In fact, he doesn't want Tony to be part right. of that world. He starts shunning Tony. Right. Because his uncle tells him that if right. you want to do your uh, nephew a favor, never talk yeah. to him again. Which I like that. I thought that was, the, again, I like the uncle part, Ray Liotta, <laughs> because that was like an example of someone who doesn't care and they're going to tell someone even if they don't want to hear it. I thought it was, a, <laughs> and, I, and again, and, uh, we're talking about something I really liked about it was the nuance in that character. Yeah. Uh, how he was, a, uh, he, had, he had fallen in love with jazz. Right. When he was in prison, he right. became a Buddhist. Buddhist, yeah. Yeah, I, I like those little nuances. No, I, I did too. I, I did too. But maybe it will open up this universe for more because you're right. We didn't see Tony really any examples of his um, going to be a gangster. I wanted two or three scenes with him and Jackie and Ralphie. Yeah. And well, I will say this. Younger t- Tony is running a betting, I know, a betting I know. operation. Which is funny. In like middle the, school. Which is one of the funnier <laughs> right. scenes of the film. He's running a numbers right. op in He's his like in sixth grade school. or something. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so there the, was, kid in the, the fat kid in the band standing up, I yeah. won. Yeah, I won right. the lottery. Right. Right. My number it. So, right. So there there was, I mean, there was that if you if you want to. When he hijacked you know, a, a soft ice cream right. uh, truck too. But right, And then that, but as you point out, that was more of like juvenile delinquency. Yeah. That wasn't. But even the numbers as a. 10-year-old was yeah. more... Yeah, well, I mean, it, I guess... It was like me when I was 13 and running a betting pool for the yeah. NCAA tournament. I got in trouble with my principal because yeah. there was no gambling allowed <laughs> yeah. in our school. Yeah, or selling squares or something like yeah. that. But I guess I guess the point was because you know who his father is and who his uncles are that you're supposed to read more into it. Because you're right, that that is a sort of another, like, could be considered a harmless juvenile, you know, experience. But because of... His family, and then, and then you know. Even the way that it's marketed, I'm looking at my phone right now. The the the, the freaking poster says, "Who made Tony Soprano?" Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> and even I know it's, I know it's like a double entendre, but you don't even really see. Just again, it was underdeveloped. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm. When you try to serve too many masters, you're I, you're doing the the art an injustice because you're not servicing the art that needs. You're not giving. Enough time to breathe. You can't go off into fifteen different, you know, corridors of of narration, and and expect to do all fifteen narrative threads justice. By the way, Just, have, back to the authenticity thing. Have you? Maybe I'm nitpicking here, but again, I'm not sure who was made and who wasn't. I mean, Johnny and Junior, I would say for sure, probably yeah. Dickie. I don't know if those younger guys were made yet. Paulie, I don't, yeah, I, don't I, I don't think so. They would, would have been too young. Maybe Paulie, even Paulie would have been too young. I think. But can you think of examples where a father is an associate, a, a, a high earning associate, who doesn't get his button, but his kid does? No. I, I'm not saying it's never happened, but I, off the top of my head, I can't, I can't think of, a, I can't think of an example. Can you? Benji. Oh, okay. All right, and then Genevieve in uh, in Springfield. Springfield, okay. Benji's dad. I mean, Benji's dad wasn't a gangster, but he right. was an associate. Okay, so he was around the life. Yeah. Okay, so it's maybe it's not. I do. Entirely. I agree. I think it's the exception, not the rule. <laughs> yeah, it seems to me right. It seems like either your dad had nothing to do with it, or yeah. he was a made right made or guy. Made guy. <laughs> so like that kind of uh, gray area. I, I just I couldn't when I was watching. I couldn't think of any. Yeah, but there's examples. a scene in early on in The Sopranos where. Uh, Dr. Melfi asked Tony something about his dad and and where he stands 
in comparison to his dad. And he's like, he's like, I'm 42 years old and I'm already t- 10 steps above where my dad went. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So Johnny was a soldier in this movie. No, I think you think John, no, Johnny. Oh, in this movie. Yeah. I don't know. I we know, know he was a captain, he was a at, captain some point. at some point. I'm thinking he was a captain. I think in the time of the show starting in the late nineties, there were two separate crews. There was Junior's crew. Yeah. And then there was the Soprano crew. Right. And Junior's crew eventually became Gigi's crew, which eventually became Ralphie's crew, which eventually became Vito's crew. No, that was Jackie. That was Richie's crew. That was Jackie's crew and then Richie. Okay, you're right. Then then Ralphie, then Vito. Yeah, but I think Richie— They they brought Gigi over. I think— Oh, they, did? they took uh, Tony reassigned Gigi. All right, and, and that was and and, and uh, Patsy Parisi. Right, and part of that was a fuck you to Junior. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm and and but um, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I there guess, was a Parisi reference in the film. Was there? I, they said something about so and so Parisi. Oh no shit! I, I missed that. But I would say, I mean, again, maybe we're uh, you know getting into the weeds here, but. The fact that all of that was unclear, I mean, one of the things that I loved about The Sopranos was they would talk about he's a captain, he's a soldier. It was very transparent and very, and I, and I liked it, because even, like, when you go back to classics, like The Godfather, The Godfather can get very murky. Yeah, it's, about, it's very like, ambiguous. It's very right about who's who and what their status is, and The Sopranos was always, like, you know, the, the very precise about you know, who And you don't who. see any other parts of the family. In the scene... Uh, in the at the wake, you see Eccoli DeMeo. Right. But outside, you're not seeing any other right DeMeo crime family figures outside right. of the the orbit that is Dickie yeah. Maltesante Jr. and 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 Johnny Boy Soprano. Right. And presumably the DeMeo crime family was bigger. It's presumably. I mean, it, it had to <laughs> had to have been a lot bigger in 1960 than, right, than what we watched in the 90s and yeah. 2000s. So that is that's another curious thing. But even like the Joey Diaz character was he a made guy? I don't know. They only list him as Buddha. They don't right. even tell you. Right. And he's and he like gives shit back to like Dickie and Junior. So then I was like, okay, is he a made guy? Can he talk like that to yeah. them? But that was unclear to me. And what about the the fat guy that gets killed? Is he supposed to be somebody? Is yeah, he supposed Car- to be anyone? Carmine, uh, the character's name is Carmine Catuso. Is that a name from the TV no. show that Okay. So that was but he's just played a- by a guy that I actually know personally. Um, named Nick Vallelonga, who won the Oscar. Oh, that's Oscar. your guy. Yeah, won the Oscar for Green Book. Yeah. His dad was Tony Lip, who played Carmine Lupertazzi in the film. Oh, that's a nice— Sorry, uh, played Carmine Lupertazzi in the show. That's a nice round. That's a nice yeah. circle there. Oh, that's right. That's your guy. I, d- yeah. I didn't realize that was him. He's a screenwriter, and I'm working with him on a, a, a project right so now. So he plays the guy that gets whacked. Yeah. That's cool. I don't— the Christ- I don't In the Christmas trees? Yeah, I don't remember— uh, if you told me that that he was going to be in that, or I mean, well, probably first I don't remember. To, at first, there was rumors that he was playing Hesh. Oh, right. But then when I actually met him, I was like, "You're playing Hesh in The Sopranos?" He's like, "No, yeah. that's just a rumor." Yeah. Okay. I'm playing a guy that nobody's ever heard before. Okay. And we don't know if he's a made guy either. I mean, maybe no. he's younger, or sort of not. Maybe Whatever. not. As young him as and Joey guys. Diaz both get killed. Johnny some Johnny Boy Soprano gets shot at, and yeah. for some reason, the leader of this right. uh, insurgents. Insurgency yeah. is is kind of let off the hook. I didn't get that right. And w- and when associates get killed, it is different. Like we we know a case study here where it seems like some of the Jackalones guys got killed, and there didn't seem to be any reprisals. 
And we and don't, I think no, it, and we no, don't know what like what that's about. Was I it think because they, Tony Jack signed off gave on it? it? I think they gave okays on it. <laughs> yeah, right. And that, that's probably why. But like the protocol is different if it's in a so but yeah. but you would think in that situation, the politics of it, even if he whacked out an associate, there would be reprisals. Yeah. And and it seems like no, in fact, Harold is thriving. He moves right. into a better neighborhood, he's got a wad of cash. Um so it'll be interesting to see, but um, you want to, as we sign off, you want to update us on the BMF stuff? Uh, yeah, so I was on set today, Black Mafia Family television show and the Black Mafia Family docuseries. Uh, the first episode of the, of the series premiered on September 26th at, uh, on Stars Network, had um, phenomenal pilot. Uh, ratings. The pilot had had ratings that went through the roof, and have already got the the show has already been renewed for a second season. Um, and then the docu series that we're working on will premiere the night of the season finale, and there'll be an eight part docu series that you can watch um, after the first season uh, finishes up. And uh, it's been a pleasure getting to work with uh, Fifty Cent and the G Unit people of the Stars Network, uh, Jigsaw. Um, productions, which is uh, Alex Gibney's outfit. They do a lot of work with HBO. And uh, everyone uh, that was involved in Power is a lot of the people that were involved in Power are now uh, doing the Black Mafia Family Show. The showrunners, Randy Huggins, who was a uh, Detroit native, went to St. Martin de Porres, worked on Power, now is, is showrunning Black Mafia Family, which is a smash hit right out of the gate. And I'm proud to be a part of it. I'm proud to be affiliated with it. Uh, I love having my brand uh, connected to the the story of Black Mafia Family. And uh, we've devoted uh, episodes on the OG podcast to telling the story of BMF, uh, Big Meat, Southwest T. And we will continue doing that. You know, yeah, hopefully you can get lines. some of these people on our um on our show to talk about yep. you know, what's going on there. Yep. Because we've interviewed the law enforcement side yep. and the and the legal team side of that story but we've never had we'll, we'll BMF, get a, we'll get a you know, uh, og bmf on here before that'd be awesome before it's too late and uh so yeah so check it out again super super high ratings if you like true crime if you like you know throwback to the 1980s you like that kind of music the way people dressed and this is all detroit stuff. all detroit this isn't right atlanta now. yet right so you're okay. not gonna yeah you're not gonna get into the atlanta stuff That's until cool. probably season two or three so, yeah, first season is all Detroit, ton of references. Are they going to have any of the Italian stuff in there? I know BMF didn't probably didn't actually interact with them, no. but you know how they write you know how they, no, they they're, write they're stuff writing, into it? you know, White Boy Rick into the story oh, okay. with Eminem playing White oh, Boy yeah, Rick. Right, right, right. Snoop Dogg's in it. He's playing yeah. a, um, a religious leader. Yeah. Uh, Has he appeared in it yet? No, nah, he's not no, yet. Okay. Uh, Avon Barksdale from The Wire, the actor Wood Harris, who played Avon Barksdale, he, he plays the, the Flannery Brothers. Uh, mentor uh, in the show. His name is Black Pat. In reality, it was kind of a composite of uh, E.D. Boyd and Harold Mills. So it's, you know, a lot of uh, Detroit flavor. So check it out. I'm proud to be a part of it. I'll keep on giving you guys uh, all the latest information and We'll see where we go from here. Well, that's exciting. Thanks uh, for sharing that with us. And thanks for everyone listening. Check us out on social media. Original Gangsters Podcast, Jimmy Bucciolato, Scott Bernstein. Out. See you next time.